Ah, um, so how much is that? Welcome everybody to the podcast editors mastermind. This is a show that is geared to help podcast editors with their business side of podcast editing. This show grew out of our very own podcast mastermind called the good, the bad and the yetis because of our shared disdain for a certain microphone in the podcast industry. Today we are talking about, <laughs> thank you, uh, Jennifer, who's highlighting it. So if you're listening to the audio version, be sure to check out the video so you know exactly who we're talking about. <laughs> so some weeks we bring on a fellow podcast editor who's struggling with some part of their business and we help them solve their problems. And other weeks we have experts on. My name is Daniel. I am with Roth Media. Above me, we have Brian Ensminger with Top Tier Audio. And beside me, no other way. Oh, beside <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm Jennifer Longworth with Bourbon Barrel Podcasting. And we also have a sponsor for this episode. The sponsor is Jennifer Longworth of Bourbon Barrel Podcasting, empowering Kentuckians to change the world one podcast at a time, targeting podcasters in Kentucky for my clients. And if they want to uh, hire you for whatever, where can they go? BourbonBarrelPodcasting.com. Excellent. So this is one of the episodes where we bring on an expert, and today that expert is the brilliant Tammy Grable-Newton, who is a sought-after business consultant, entrepreneurial coach, speaker, podcaster, and author. After being diagnosed with stage 3B micrometastatic breast cancer, Tammy transitioned from her influential executive roles into a career of passion, purpose, and reach, launched her company, Tanient. Tammy uses her combined experience of over 25 years as a corporate executive and her master's in business administration from the University of Washington Foster School of Business to guide public, private, and nonprofit organizations with strategy, communications, operations, and planning. As a mentor, she works with entrepreneurs, executives, guiding them to goal attainment and sustainable growth. And not only that, she is actually my business coach and consultant and has helped me tremendously kind of manage my company. So Tammy, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be talking to you all. Awesome. And today we have the daunting topic of newsletters. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so my first question, in the world of social media and technology, newsletters and email marketing just seems a little dated. So are newsletters actually worth it today? That is a great question. So email is actually 40 times more effective at acquiring new customers than Facebook or Twitter. And for every dollar you spend in email marketing, you can get about $44 in return. Oh, so wow. I know, right? So it really <laughs> can be a great tool, like any tool. It can be a great tool and absolutely worth it. If you use it properly, which we're going to talk about in this yes. episode, I yeah. presume. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm really interested in that $44 per dollar spent because I was spending about $10 a month for MailChimp and my income from that was zero. So clearly there's something wrong with what I was doing. <laughs> okay. How, how many? <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. We're not going to pick on you, Brian. We're just going to talk about it. Because oh, that's you're fine. Not I don't know if we're going to pick on them. <laughs> oh, everybody's <laughs> offering you up. Yeah. I mean, sacrificial <laughs> lamb and all. 
So that is a great question. And really, if you tackle this like anything else and walk through that who, what, when, why, where of your email newsletter strategy, you can answer some of those questions as to maybe why it is that you weren't getting what you were hoping to get out of the newsletter or And I'll be honest, sales and marketing is something I've done for a couple of decades. And the number one thing most people forget to do is just ask. The ask or the call to action is so often left out. Yeah, I know one issue that that's cropped up so much with like podcast editors is imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And like, is it okay or like, it's just like asking for like that sale. It's just like, oh, I don't know. Like, are they going to like be mad? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's a huge issue for me. Yeah. Do you feel weird asking for money? <laughs> uh, see, I worked in nonprofits for a long time. That's all you do is, can I, can uh, I have just a little more, please? <laughs> I think so, my well, pledge drive days wore me out when I was working in a nonprofit. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That brings back memories. So, yeah. A couple of questions that I really encourage people to to ask themselves. One, why am I not doing a newsletter right now? So what is it? So as you're talking about, Dan, is there is there something there with imposter syndrome? Is it because I don't know what to say? Is it because the idea overwhelms me? Do I not think I'm a good copywriter? Do I feel like I'm just clogging people's inboxes? Like, what is it that's keeping you from doing an email newsletter? And that like truthfully spend a good 10 minutes thinking on that and and just brainstorming all, just dumping, brain dumping all the whys. And then look at your own inbox and ask yourself, what am I reading? What am I deleting? What am I saving? What am I unsubbing from and why? And that is going to tell you a lot about what works and what doesn't work. Because in the industry, we have seen email go from the highly graphical emails to what I now call the novella, where I'm like, if I have to scroll three times to figure out who Mm -hmm. the heck you are, I just, I'm scrolling to unsub because I do not need your life story. I'm also Mm -hmm. like that with recipe sites. <laughs> I will say Word. there seems to be a development in recipe sites where at the very top there is yes. a button that says jump to recipe. Yes. So like Yes. <laughs> Thankfully. So yeah. asking yourselves those those questions are really important. And then yeah. So do you guys want to ask more questions or do you want me to just kind of launch into some some other stuff? Oh, I'll you answer your question and see where yeah. it goes. Why don't I do a newsletter for a few reasons? One, it, like you said, it's daunting to think, oh, my gosh, I got to get I got to build this email and, and then I have to actually be consistent with sending them. And then what if I don't have anything to say and blah, 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 all these things. And then the other one is who wants to hear from me and how do I find them? So all those things kind of like come together. Going, well, eh, it's not worth it. Forget it. I'm not doing do it unless I make 44 to the one dollar and then, <laughs> then it's like well maybe it is worth it but <laughs> well and I should also say sales and marketing it used to be that it was I think three times was the number of impressions someone needed to act on something and now it's up to five so a single email is not going to do it you do have to have that that call to action that's out there consistently so how about you Brian so I think you went through your list of reasons, and I think it's probably every single one of those for me. It's daunting. It's another thing I have to do. I work full-time, and then I edit on the side. 
And so the idea of adding on top of a podcast that I help produce this one, as well as the client shows that I edit, and then trying to be at least somewhat active on social media and not only just in the comments of other people's posts helping them out, but actually creating content. And then to go, okay, and by the way, I also need to have an email newsletter with enough of a strategy behind it that it actually is cohesive with my business that speaks to the people that need to hear from it. And then to be able to commit to that and go, okay, I'm going to actually do this every week so that they can, they know that they can rely on me has been a challenge. And frankly, it's one that I've actually stepped back from, from even trying to do simply because I don't want to promise something that I just don't or can't deliver. Mm -hmm. Does that help? Sounds familiar. (laughs) That does. That does. And then do you want to answer that, Dan? I'll just add that a lot of it for me is trying to figure out what information to include because like the like podcasting information that I seek out isn't what my client or like my who my newsletter is intended to really cares about. So I was trying to figure out like what exactly is relevant that will keep their attention in the email. Gotcha. And then the big, big question is what do you want from your email newsletter? What result do you want? What's the whole purpose of having one? Do you want to generate revenue? Do you want to sell an e-course? Do you have merch that you want to move? Do you want to just create tools and tips and have it be more like friend raising or relationship building so they continue to see you as a resource? What do you want from your newsletter? I want to sell stuff. (laughs) It's either sell courses or, you know, potential clients. Like yeah. lead gen type stuff. I'll stop with that and you guys can hop in with yours. <laughs> it's like, maybe this is why I don't have one. <laughs> Add that to the list. Don't know what result I'd want from it. Because um, I don't have a course. I don't have merch. I'm selectively taking new clients. So it would probably be just to increase my influence and authority again. And not that is necessarily... Valid turn it into revenue at this point yeah and how how about you dan yeah combination influence and authority as well as clients okay this goes into one of those the other thing is that it's the beginning of the funnel and then you get Mm. people in your funnel and then what do you do with them and then you have to think about following these people through the funnel if you have an email marketing list and it's just the beginning <laughs> See, now I am going to I'm going to say a few things that might sound counterintuitive. One, I'm going to say that it's not a requirement. It's an opportunity and it is part of your overall marketing communication strategy and it can be a lot easier than I think that we tend to make it. It's okay to not have one though. Absolutely okay to not have one. And as far as a funnel, Really, when it comes to email newsletters, and if you go back to the ones that you read, you save, you delete, you unsub from, those that are friendly and familiar where it feels like you're just having a conversation where you almost welcome it because it's like, oh, they're so-and-so and and they've got something from, you know, for me, that is the type of relationship that you're after. And so if you break down sales and marketing, and I won't delve too far into that because I'll go for way too long on that, but if you just break down the basics of sales and marketing, 
Sales is, it's really service. It's being that trusted advisor and providing a service. And so I shy away from too much funnel talk because it can be very transactional and you're in service businesses, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're looking for relationships. You're looking for that long-term relationship with people. You're looking to build and have more clients like the clients that you love, that you have now. And you don't do that through transaction. And, and so I would say release that whole funnel pressure from yourself. We probably should pause here and just take a second. Can you define for us what a funnel is so that if there's somebody listening that doesn't yeah. know? Yeah. Like, just... <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, your sales funnel has been, funnel can mean a lot of different things right now. Traditionally, your sales funnel is really just sort of your pipeline of, I have a name and I put that name into the funnel and I make a contact and then I qualify that lead. And if the lead is qualified, then I take them through the steps it is that I work towards either whether that's presentation or, you know, eventually the end goal being to close the sale, to have the contract. Now funnel also can mean a very complicated, doesn't have to be complicated, but it can seem a very complicated thing of squeeze pages and communications and all of this stuff. And I think a lot of times when people look at those types of funnels, they get a little overwhelmed. And I think a lot of times that takes the human side out of it. And those are oftentimes those types of funnels with your squeeze pages, like your active campaigns and and your tools that help you walk people through that funnel process in a more automated way is for a higher level, higher numbers, basically. I guess that's the best way to put it. That's for large numbers of potential clients where you're you're just putting a bunch of not even necessarily qualified people into a bucket and taking them through an automated process and hoping that out the other end, you end up with X percent of closes based on either the list you purchased or the advertising investment that you made. So we we talked about how it could be hard. You just talked about that whole funnel thing with all the automation. (laughs) One of the things that made my ears perk up is you said it doesn't have to be hard. So how can we make it not hard? Because it seems hard to me. Let's do it. All right. So when it comes to, and seriously, we're going to talk about the who, what, when, why, where, and how of email newsletter strategy. And you guys can stop me, interrupt me, ask a question at any point in time. All right, bring it. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about the who. All right. List size. Does list size matter? Is it important? Now, if you're listening to a lot of the quote unquote gurus out there, they are going to tell you that list size is very important. You need to have a huge list to be making money off of it. Let's step back from that for a second and let's look at business in general. Okay. The whole point is to know your ideal customer. The whole point is to have a list that is reaching people who are actually interested in what it is you have to say. And so if you're putting pressure on yourself to have a 10,000, a list of 10,000 individuals in there, Okay. A, it's expensive. And B, are all of those people interested in what you have to say? If they are, that's fantastic. But that's not a requirement. Your list could be 20 people. It could be 25 people. It could be 50 people. It just needs to be the right people. And yes, it could be 500, 5,000, 50,000, whatever, but it still needs to be the right people. So, I highly recommend taking a moment and doing your ideal client or ideal customer avatar, asking yourself, who are those people 
that I'm targeting for my business? And how is that in alignment with that what we want that we talked about a few seconds ago? Because really your email list should be organic growth with your target customer through authenticity. And that is right there your secret sauce for a functional email newsletter. Those are the people who are going to love what you have to say, that already love working with you, who are going to share your information, who are going to click the links that you put in there so you have a better click-through rate, and who are going to be interested in whatever offers it is that you have available. So that's your who. Your what. Keep it snappy. I don't think anyone here nodded their head when I said novella like, yeah. (laughs) That's I love what those. I want. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh my gosh. So my you know, we, kind. <laughs> right? So we went from these things that were highly graphical to these things that are literally just all text with like four words per sentence. Like Dan is in pain right now. He just <laughs> I, a couple of weeks ago I unsubscribed to a newsletter that was just like a single sentence for each paragraph and it just like went on and on. Oh, I hate like, those. I'm just scrolling through trying to figure out what are you trying to sell me? And who are you? Because they never yeah. tell you at the beginning, right? Right. So the only graphic I, I won't say the only graphic, the only standard graphic I have is my logo at the top of my emails. That's it. That's the standard graphic. And of course, at the bottom, I have my, you know, website and stuff like that. But I, I I don't have a bunch of images all over the place because right now we're dealing with people, we're dealing with devices, we're dealing with computers. It's a wild, wacky world in that regard. I don't want to scroll through that thing on my phone. I don't even want to scroll through it on my computer. If it's long like that, I don't want it. So keep it snappy, keep it relevant, keep it fun, keep it personal. Toss a gif in there. Be your wild, wacky self. I'm serious. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> you, like, at the same time you said throw a gif in there, Carrie threw it in chat saying, what about a gif? <laughs> like, almost like I, at the same exact time. We're connected, girl. <laughs> That's hilarious. Absolutely. <laughs> if it's relevant, if it's fun, if it fits your personality, if it fits your brand, right? So if that is how you would communicate with a friend, think of this as I'm writing an email to somebody I know I like, and we're having a conversation. Keep it personal, not overly formal. And also don't tell me about how your great grandmother cracked wheat herself using a mortar and pestle. and (laughs) Right. So aesthetically clean, but still fun and tell people who you are. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think like one thing that like makes a newsletter seem like more difficult than it really is, is like that, you know, the guru is saying that you need to have like these really powerful emails that like, and I think you've told me like time and time again, Tammy, that what are the emails that you unsubscribe from that like you hate getting? It's like, it's a really long ones that I have to spend 10 minutes going through. And like with mine, the ones I do send out, what essentially I do is I do like a small image But then I'll do like two or three sentences, like real quick about whatever topic it is. So if I write a new blog post, I'll just like give a quick like, hey, I wrote a blog post. Here's what it is. Here's why I should care. Click here if you want to read it. Yes. So just like these real quick, you can just like skim through the email and see what's relevant and what's not. Personally, that's my favorite. 
right? And if you guys mm-hmm. think again about the emails that you that you get, like I'll do one for the podcast and I've got obviously one for the business. For the podcast, I have a recap. Some people have already listened. I'm not doing the whole, and I do full transcripts as Dan knows. So <laughs> I'm not oh, doing yeah. 10,000 words, right? Like here is a few sentences. If you haven't listened, go here, right? I'll have contests and different things that are engaging, but it's basically each segment. And I'll tell them at the beginning, hey, it's Tammy again. So excited to be in. We'll talk frequency in a second, Brian, because that was a thing. But I do mm-hmm. keep it like that personal. Hey there, here's what's going on this week. I'm going to keep it snappy because I know you're busy, right? Like I literally will, I'm talking to another human the way that I would want someone to talk to me. And because of that, my click-through rates and my open rates are really high. I have zero unsubscribes. The only, I have one unsubscribe and it's because it's the wrong person that made it into that list with somebody that was supposed to be in the, in the business list. And, and I left one vendor and I made a mistake on that. So what would you consider as like a good open rate? Oh, you know, there's all kinds of numbers on that. Okay. Yeah. And, and here's why I hate numbers like that. That's like, <laughs> well, seriously, you know, it's kind of like, what's a, what's a good download number? Okay. Right. How long should a piece of string be? <laughs> right. Yeah. What's the ideal episode length? What microphone should I buy? <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. It depends. And so that takes us right back to your what that you want out of your email newsletter. So what is a good open rate? So I think my open rate right now is at like 77%. Holy cow. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I think that's that's, what I get. Of course, I only have like 20 people on my list. So doesn't matter though, because (laughs) again, it's back to, are they the right people? Because if they're the right people, they're opening your mail. If your email newsletters are fun and functional, they're opening your email. And that kind of takes me to the next one, which is, okay, so use an attention-grabbing subject line, but use one that is not manipulative. (laughs) It needs... So so don't do clickbait titles? No clickbait titles. No clickbait titles. Now you can find free resources out there. Like for the podcast, sometimes I'll use headline generators um, or analyzers, right? To like look at Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence of words and kind of play with words and move them around a little bit and think about that. And I can send you after the, after this, Dan, if you want, I can send some Mm -hmm. links for you to share with everybody, but you know, those are free free tools. Check out the show notes. So if you go to podcasteditorsmastermind.com, we'll put all these links in the show notes. So Perfect. So use an attention-grabbing subject line, again, that's not manipulative because you're wanting to build relationships through email, okay? It is really about relationships. So this is another great exercise in going through and looking in your own inbox and asking yourself, right? Like, what's the subject line? What caught my interest? What didn't hold my interest? What caught my interest? I opened and I was like, what on earth, right? So you can kind of get a feel for what works and what doesn't work in that regard. Now, something that you all talked about or mentioned was that feeling daunting and content, right? So -hmm. we're still on that what. And Dan, you already talked about it, and that's the secret sauce of repurposing your content. Do you guys have a blog at all? Do you already have a podcast? Where are you all... Yeah, I'm seeing the, the face. Jennifer, oh, yeah. All right. uh, <laughs> no, it's you more like a no, I don't have those things. Well, we have, oh, we have one right now. We're on it. You're on it. 
So, <laughs> so you have tools and information that's already out there. You also have the opportunity to collaborate, right, with each other and share each other's information, which there's nothing better than cross-pollination with trusted friends. So when it comes to that, repurpose your content. So again, thinking about my podcast one, I have a blog. I'll post a recipe on the blog. That'll be in my email newsletter, not the whole recipe, but hey, here's the food for health. And this is what I did this week. Here's the podcast. This is what I did this week. Here's the sponsor. This is what we've got going on. Hey, buy me a cup of coffee and help keep the microphones on, right? So it's like really, really fast, all those asks and all that information. But most of it I've already got, I'm just repurposing. So now Mm -hmm. when I look at my strategy and I my calendar's back there. I can look at it and I can say, okay, this is the podcast episode that's dropping. I'm going to be doing the email newsletter. I should drop a recipe. And so now it's just part of my overall strategy and flow of how it is that I am working through that. And same thing on the business side. Podcast is just fresh on my mind because we were working on that today and we're talking podcasts. So (laughs) also for your email newsletter subscribers, create a welcome sequence. Right. Now, a lot of times I think the welcome sequence is another barrier to entry. People are like, what? What is this? <laughs> Brian <why> do- <laughs> is vigorously nodding. <laughs> so I have an ebook, and I'll, I'll uh, give that link to Dan later. And if you sign up for the ebook, which is on repurposing content. And speaking of repurposing content, who had classes? Somebody had some courses, e-courses? Okay, so right. Okay, so there you go. There's content right there for your email newsletter. So... If you sign up for the repurposing content ebook, you're going to get my welcome sequence. And of course, you can unsubscribe and I'll be okay. The business side is a little bit different from the podcast side. I'm talking breast cancer on my podcast. So if you unsubscribe from that, right? Like, I don't know, you might get struck by lightning. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I'm kidding. Segment where necessary. And this is also important. So if possible and if it fits. Okay, so this is something else where I think it can feel really complicated. Okay, a welcome sequence, what should that be? And I'm going to back up for Brian for a half a second. Your welcome sequence (laughs) can be as simple as this. Hey, thanks so much for subscribing. I do an email newsletter and I send them out about X amount of time. If you have any questions or if there's anything that you would like me to cover in the future, I would love to know. Shoot me an email. Here's what you can expect. I'm an actual human, and I would love to hear from you. This is a relationship. That could be your first email in the sequence. If you've got a freebie, a few days later, you can kick out a freebie, another email, and just say, hey, this is Brian. And you know, last time we talked, I heard back, or I just wanted to let you know, I heard from some people that this is a hot topic, and I've got this thing that addresses it. If you'd like it, here's a link to it. If there's anything you'd like to see, hear, know, feel free. Reach out to me. Like Whatever fits, but you're talking to a human just like you would in any sales cycle. You're just talking to that human and following up with them and walking them through a lead process. So the first email, you tell them how often they're going to get their the newsletters from you. And then your second or third one can just be as part of your welcome sequence before you kick them over into the newsletter land can just be that simple of, hey, I was thinking about you again, right? Like very personal. I was thinking about you, Brian, and this came to mind. And you'll see that in my sequence. I only my welcome sequence is only three, and then you get dumped into the into the newsletter bucket. And I think one thing I'd want to point out is you don't have to create that welcome sequence like immediately. So like my freebie or whatever, like on my website, like I have a pop that says like if you want my like five tips to be a better podcaster, 
sign up for my newsletter, I'll send it to you. And so like the first one in my sequence right now is my only one is sending them the freebie. Well, now I just created a like six tips to be a better podcast guest. So now I'm going to like update it to where my second thing in my sequence is going to be like, hey, if you have guests on, like here's something you can send to them that'll help them out. So it's like it's something you can build over time. So it's like a little less daunting. It is. That is such a great point. And if it's stopping you from doing it, drop it. You're not being graded. (laughs) They'll never know. (laughs) I think that, Carrie, I think that should be your next T-shirt. You're not being graded. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think you you were mentioning segmenting, and I'm assuming we're going to talk about that. One of the challenges I've had is on the technology side. I like to think that I'm fairly astute with technology, but figuring out how to segment people with the technology has been a challenge. Are there any services as we get into this that you would recommend we consider because of their ease of use? (laughs) You guys, I had, I don't know if I should say the names or not. There was one that I used that I absolutely hated because it was so difficult. And it was supposed to be one that was for bloggers, which for podcasts, you can kind of think of, right, as an audio blog. Mm -hmm. And it was very complicated. And the one that I use and love right now is actually SendFox because it is simple. And I use that with Beacon for my leads, my downloads, my freebies or content upgrades or whatever. And so, for example, if you download the ebook via the link I give you, you're automatically going to go into the welcome sequence for podcasts editing because that's the show and this is what I named the list. At the end of that, you go into the email newsletter list. Segmenting though doesn't have to be complicated. I'm doing that because I want to track different things where it really, really is important is for example, in business, since I work with nonprofits, I work with public entities and I work with businesses I don't want to send people who are businesses information that is relevant to the nonprofit sector. I don't want to send people in the nonprofit sector information that is relevant to the business. Now, sometimes those things will cross over, but I'm still going to change the language, meaning I might repurpose some content there. But if I'm talking to a nonprofit organization, I'm talking about development And if I'm talking in the business world, I'm talking about sales. Development in business is different from development in nonprofit, see? So those segments are really important. And that's where you just kind of have to sit down and ask yourself, do I need to have different segments or not? And if I do, what is the purpose of it? So for those of you with courses, segmentation makes sense. If you've got a course on whatever, ABC, whatever, launching a podcast, we'll just call it that. And you also have a course on editing a podcast. Same thing, right? Like you're not going to send podcast editors launch the course information. You're not going to send launching course people who are newbies the editing information. You may still have information that crosses over, but you're going to script that in a way that it makes sense to the reader. So thinking of your segments as buckets and naming them so it makes sense to you, these are my people who want to learn about having a podcast. These are my people who are interested in this higher level course. Then segmenting becomes easier. But I send Fox right now is the one I use and love. But honestly, any of them are going to have the tools available. Dan, I always forget what you use. It's got segmenting Mm -hmm. available. 
Yeah, I use I used to use Mailchimp, and then like they had yep. new updates that changed things, and it's just like way too complicated for what I need. So I switched to MailerLite, which is like super simple, just like just the basics of what I need. And then there's Engine Mailer, ConvertKit. I mean, there's all kinds of them. <laughs> hey Weber. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Act on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm gonna uh, Dan's gonna laugh as soon as I say oh, this. No. <laughs> You probably know what I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> I will send you all the link for AppSumo because I think SendFox is still like 49 bucks. And that's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we're I all mean, very familiar with the perils that is AppSumo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like looking at my books. <laughs> <laughs> I love AppSumo. Oh, my gosh. I have saved hundreds a month on AppSumo with AppSumo. So, <laughs> so yes, segment where necessary to be more relevant. But again, if this is something that's holding you back, ask yourself, is it really required that I segment my list? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. You guys probably have sort of a mixed bag right now on whether that makes sense. I certainly do because I have like my podcasters that I'm trying to reach out to as far as like my clients and like potential clients. And then I'm starting a course. So I have like a segment out for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. You would want to segment that. So can I put you on the spot for just a sec? Is that okay? So one of the things I'm looking for is clients. And it's really hard for me to get into the head of a client and think, what would they want to receive on a regular basis from an editor that might encourage them toward that? You are a content creator and you have an editor. What kinds of things would you be looking for just in general to receive that would make you think, hey, this person is not only providing me something that's valuable, but is also somebody that I trust? Oh, my heck. You, <laughs> do you want to answer that, Dan? Because we do have this conversation. Like in some ways, this is <laughs> like really, he sort of has like, um, so there is so much, but you've got to think like a newbie. Okay. So first of all, one of the best things you can do in your email newsletter is make it interactive. I should open it up if if I dare. Dan knows my internet around here. I put a survey in asking about a book title because I wanted my folks to, because I'm writing a book about breast cancer. And so with that list, I was asking people, you know, what should I name the book? And I think I had, I want to say 44% click through and survey response rate on that, which was like wow. insane to me. I didn't think anybody would, <laughs> I, th- I did not think anybody would care and do that. <laughs> but that is a great thing to do is to ask. Now you want to Prime. So don't ask open-ended questions. It's always better if you give people some options and then leave an other, which is what I did. And in that case, what I'm saying is you already have clients, right? Mm-hmm. You can send them as part of the email, hey, as I'm working through this, what types of information can I give you that would be helpful? And then list some things. Would you like to know how to help your guest have a better experience? Would you like to, right, improve your audio quality? Are you looking for understanding your metrics better? Are you like, like, what is it that you're after that you would want to know that I can share? So don't do that every time, but that will help get you that information. If you're having regular conversations with your clients, take notes. What are they asking you? Right? Like Mm -hmm. that's huge. So I know with Dan, and here's the other really cool thing. Dan and I, we were talking one day because I was frustrated because I had I had a guest and it was a nightmare. And he's like, you know, I'm going to create this thing or I've been working on this thing or it was on your to-do list anyway. So you did. You created your PDF. I mm-hmm. share his PDF to every one of my guests. 
anyone who's thinking about starting a podcast is going to see the Roth Media, How to Be a Better Guest, right? And so he's given me a tool that not only do I share with my clients, but if I'm talking to any other podcaster, I'm like, oh, here's a cool tool from my editor. So I'm spreading that bird seed out and about. And I did that. I do that all the time with your gear page as well. So getting the information into the hands and don't feel like I said it once. And so that's enough because, you know, Mm -hmm. again, it's that call to action, that five times secret sauce. It's the making sure it's present and top of mind and helping them see it multiple times. So one thing I want to touch on, they mentioned a couple of times, like you download something, you automatically get added to this list, you know, asking our clients. One thing that Carrie had mentioned before that like she was talking to somebody and they just had like a casual conversation. Next thing she knows, she's automatically added to their mailing list. Oh yeah, no, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) So like, what are some like etiquette around newsletters? (laughs) So (laughs) always invite, always make an invite. And people know, right? You know, if you give your email for whatever it is that you want to download or see that you've been signed up for a list, right? So A, always invite. My invite, like, and again, going to the podcast, you look at my YouTube page, it tells you on the YouTube in the summary, it says, and don't forget to join the email list, right? Like it's right there. Every email I send out is going to have that. So pretty much anytime I can, I remind people of the opportunity to subscribe because I'm sending emails to people who aren't on the list, right? When I have a guest, I send an email to my guest and I say, please sign up for the email newsletter because I'm going to be talking about you. And also please click like, subscribe to here's all of my social medias, right? Mm -hmm. So again, and I don't just add them because they're a guest. I'm never going to make that assumption ever, but I am going to remind and I'm going to request that they do. And they might do it and then they might have their episode and unsubscribe. That hasn't happened yet, but it could, right? Mm -hmm. So always, always with the ask and always, always, always make sure that the unsubscribe is easy to find and that Mm -hmm. that is honored. I mean, really, that's it. Like, you know, there is nothing worse than exchanging a business card with somebody. And the next thing you know, you're getting because now it is spam. I didn't (laughs) I didn't ask for this. Don't do this. Don't. It's it breaks the relationship. Right. That goes right back up to what I started with about how this is a relationship and you can have transactional opportunities and you can have service-based relationship opportunities. And this is a relationship that you're building with people and you want them to share you because you do you do your work and your business in such a way that it is a joy to be around and they feel respected and it's not just the quality but it's that relationship element to it. And one thing I do is I need to I'm going to like tweak it at some point but In the signature of my email, I have a link to join my newsletter. Mm -hmm. So as I'm talking to my clients, every time they get an email from me, they also get a little reminder like, hey, if you haven't already, I have a newsletter. Exactly. Now, here's the other thing you can do. And I'm not going to say do this to everybody on the list. But let's say you had a conversation with a client and your email list is still, you're still growing it, right? And you know this person's not on your email list but you send out a newsletter and you think it might be interesting. I have done this. I'll say, hey, actually, I just did this because I was a guest on somebody else's podcast. 
And I sent her a note and I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to be talking about the interview and your show in my email newsletter. I don't think you're a subscriber. Would you like to subscribe or would you like me to forward it to you? Hmm. Nice. Right? Mm-hmm. And again, that's relationship building. She's excited because I'm talking about her show in my email newsletter, but I still left her in the power seat of choosing whether she wanted to subscribe or have me forward it. And yeah. she said, hey, go ahead and forward it, which I did. And I should go back and see if she eventually subscribed. I don't care. I just want her to have it. I want her to know. And I want to I want to have a good relationship. So you didn't get back. You were going through the who, what, when, where. Well, yeah. and we got derailed. So I want to <laughs> make sure we get to when because you alluded to the yes. scheduling and stuff like that. So I don't know if there was anything in between. <laughs> <laughs> no. And when so is so important when. because yeah. and I think it was Brian that mentioned this every week. Was it you, Brian, that said every week? I don't want to every uh, week. It, is so it daunting. It might have been. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like me. <laughs> I, I think like the expert advice out there is that it needs to be weekly. Does it though? I don't think so. Some people send me daily stuff. Yes. Oh, so, God. Is that not the worst? <laughs> it can be, unless it steals from AppSumo, of course. <laughs> that's, that's, I think I unsubscribed they, from they them because it's costing me too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, if it's an e-course or something and that's part of the process, right? Like, hello, they signed up for an e-course and, or an email course, challenge, whatever. They know that's what they're going to well, get. Yeah. Other than that, it comes kind of down to your cadence, your preference, and what you think your audience is going to like. Now, if you really feel like you want to hit people on a daily basis, you can watch your numbers and decide if that's really right for you. I work my business in a way that I want to work my business. And so what I mean by that, and I'll tell you, like Dan, when I first started, I was a weekly podcast show. And I sat back and I'm like, listen, I'm a breast cancer survivor and I am doing this weekly. I'm doing interviews. It is emotionally exhausting for me. Everybody says that you should do weekly. You should do, you should be consistent, this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, I'm going to do what makes me happy. So the gurus can say whatever the heck they want. Bottom line is just be consistent but choose what that means for you. If it's a monthly email newsletter because you only really have something relevant to say once a month, cool. Don't do four email newsletters, one with relevance, three that pain you, that you're just kind of regurgitating something because you're having to think of something to say. In the end, if I ask you of all the email newsletters that you're signed up for, except for the weird ones that stand out, how often are they emailing you? We know we don't like the daily people. <laughs> I do. I think I have one daily. I think you kept them when we talked. Yeah. Well, it's Chris Curran, and he yeah, does daily like his goodie. daily goodie. Yeah. yeah. But it's like two sentences, maybe three, and it's just like, hey, here's my thought I had, or here's a plugin I like, or whatever. So it's like so it's super relevant. Relevant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I like, and, and I like Chris, so. Exactly. So there you go. So when it comes to that win, the frequency is really around what works for you. It's as often as is relevant, Mm -hmm. is consistent, and just choose your timing thoughtfully. And as far as is there a better day, better time of day, better this, that, the other thing, again, how long should a piece of string be, right? (laughs) And you'll know if you're paying attention to your metrics, you'll know. 
you'll start to understand better when people are seeing things. And then also keep in mind, if you're sending out an email newsletter, you can always share that stuff on social media and things like that as well, right? Like to your already to your audience, people who care about what you say, remind them to sign up for your email newsletter. Or depending on your tool, you can literally post your email newsletter out to the social media site. What I've done, like, because I was like on that, oh, it needs to be weekly. And if I can't do it weekly, I'm not going to do it at all. But like after talking to you and you kind of coached me on this, it's like now we only send an email when we have something to say. So like I don't have like any like monthly, like by whatever. I don't have any kind of set schedule. It's just like if there's something to talk about, that's when I send a newsletter. And this goes right back to that what, what you want from your email newsletter. So if you've got merch, you're selling t-shirts, if you're, I'm, you know, for me, it's buy me a cup of coffee or become a member or whatever with the podcast, right? So I'm doing twice a month. I'm alternating. My newsletter goes on the week after my podcast episode releases, right? That seems to be a cadence that works for me. I'm able to repurpose content. It makes the newsletter easy. I've already got stuff to talk about and it just flows. So And what am I getting out of it? I'm getting listens. I'm getting clicks. I can see through my numbers that people, I can see the click-through rates. I can see they're clicking my sponsors. I can see they're buying me a cup of coffee, right? Like I can see this stuff happening in real time. So that seems to be the flow that is working for me. Excellent. Yeah. You get to make your schedule. You're the (laughs) boss, your own selves. (laughs) Like, wow, this sounds a lot like the same answer when people ask about podcasting. Whoa. How long? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is funny, Deanna and I, right? These conversations. <laughs> so now, I don't that, know if I mentioned it, but like I'm Tammy's editor, so I edit her podcast. I don't know if that's been clear or not. <laughs> he is. And you know, something cool that um, he and I started doing, because at least I think it's cool, is Dan also, I thank Roth in my email newsletter, right? This is that thing about cross-pollination, and having good relationships because I put on my YouTube summary, in my transcript, in my email newsletter, podcast professionally edited by Roth Media with a link to him, right? And so there's more than one way to definitely get your name out there and coordinate with each other. So off topic, that kind of brings up just kind of like a pro tip. Ask your clients if you can include your information in their show notes. So this is something Mm -hmm. that Tammy suggests. It's like, she wants me to, or like she wants to put my information in her show notes because it builds her professional, like she gets her show professionally edited. So I get asked some of my mm-hmm. clients and like, yeah, they don't care. So now like I'm putting my information in show notes where it's relevant. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And that's SEO. That is like, there. it's mm-hmm. a win-win for everybody, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about the who, we talked about list size, we talked about the what, we talked about the when. We started with a little bit of the why with email being 40 times more effective at acquiring new customers. And for every dollar in email marketing, you can uh, generate up to 44. Where we talked a little bit about the where, meaning where are you hosting it, which there are any number of tools out there. And we all have a love hate relationship with AppSumo. But ZenFox is a great tool. But I will tell you, you don't have to spend money. Now, the thing with the where is that if you're planning to grow your list large, just pay attention to what that pricing looks like mm-hmm. after you hit certain tiers, right? Because, and it's also a pain in the took us to move. I transitioned from ConvertKit to ZenFox and it was kind of a pain in the behind. And that was probably one of the easier 
transitions. So just keep that in mind as well. Look at, you know, it might be free today, but what is it if you grow your list to some of them, even at 500, all of a sudden it's like, bam. And do you want to pay that monthly or do you want to then move and find someone else? Now, this is another reason why it's really important when we talk about the who and the list size that you're paying for people who really do care about what you have to say, right? It's important that it is your ideal client, your ideal customer. And then there's the how. How do you grow the list? Yeah, that was my (laughs) next question. A lot of people, you know, a lot of our listeners are people who are just getting started growing or Mm -hmm. starting their podcast editing business. So they have a newsletter or mailing list of zero. Right. This can also be a thing where you're like, well, I only have a list of like 10 or five or, you know, I've got my mom and my sister and, you know, like whatever. For starters, it doesn't matter because you just need to start. And your first are probably going to feel a little clunky anyway, and you're finding your rhythm. So Again, whether it's five people who really care about you, your business, and what you have to say, or 5,000 people with a small percent that actually care, I would rather have five who are in my ideal clients Mm -hmm. versus 5,000, which is a bunch of noise. And now I am actually feeling kind of crappy about myself because I'm looking at unsub rates and da-da-da-da-da, and I'm talking myself off the edge and not taking it personal because it's not. They just weren't the right fit. They weren't my ideal client. I'm not their ideal solution, right? Like we were never meant to be together. It's not them. It's me. Or is it me? And is it them and not me? I don't know. Something like that. nobody. (laughs) It really isn't. It really isn't. So email challenges, email courses, content upgrades and freebies. You guys all have things that you're doing in your business where you can do an ebook, you can do a content upgrade, you can do a top 10 list. Blogs, if you're not blogging, blogs are an easy way to do that. Making sure that you're always, always, always asking and inviting, putting it in your email, like look at your email signature and make sure that it's in there. Make sure that on Instagram and Linktree, you have a subscribe to my email newsletter. Make sure that on Facebook, there's a way they can find your email newsletter. So make sure you're hitting all of those places and cross-pollinate, right, with your show notes, guests, et cetera. Make sure you're having those conversations. There are so many different ways that you can build that list. The most important thing is that you just are always asking, never assuming, and making sure people know it's there. And whether, going back to one of the best ways, if you have zero, create the stinking email list, even if you're sending it to yourself and your mom or your sister or your brother, and then to your client say, hey, I was thinking about you because I just, I'll use Dan as an example. I was thinking about you because I know you have guests and I just created this thingamajig that talks about six tips and you may want to share that with your guests to help you have better podcast interviews. Can I go ahead and forward that to you? If you'd like to subscribe, here's the link and start growing it that way. Because again, it is that organic, authentic, and correct growth that you want to have with those people who are your ideal customers. And I'll add, like, embrace the fact, like, if you have a small email list, kind of embrace that to take the pressure off. Yes. My wife, you know, beginning of this year, came onto the company, to, you know, and, you know, we're running it together. And one thing that she kind of took on was the newsletters. And, like, she struggled with, like, writing these newsletters. She wanted to make sure she did it right. But then I'm like, well, I think we had, I think at the time we had, like, 14 people. She's like, oh, well, that's not that many. So even if I screw it up, it's not that big of a deal. So it's like, if you have nobody or a small email list, like just use that and be like, hey, that this now's the time to experiment and see what you like to do and what works. So definitely. 
uh, sort of related to that, do you have any tips for people? Because we hear things a lot of times around find your voice or you know be authentic. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know about everybody else, but I will sit there and look at them in an email and go, did I actually write this in my authentic voice and edit it probably seven or eight more times before I finally send it. And by the time I'm done, I'm pretty sure it reads like the Encyclopedia Britannica. (laughs) Okay. So my best tip for that is to literally sit down and draft it with a hey and insert or hi or hello or dear, whatever. Don't use dear. Who who does that? But whatever. To a friend. Okay. So literally, hey, Dan, and then write. Because now you're not thinking about people you don't know. You're thinking about someone you know very well. And it's very easy to be authentic and genuine when doing that. And then once you're done, don't forget to remove Dan's name and put the, <laughs> you know, and you, and I do, I, because again, when I did the transfer, I didn't get all first names from the old one and whatever. So mine usually start with, hey there, no joke. Hey there. choose whatever it is and then just, you know, correct it before you send it. You might tweak it a little bit when you look at it, but that is the easiest way because then you are literally just talking to a friend and thinking about your email list as a group of friends you just haven't personally met yet. That is the best way to think about it. Nobody is going to be offended by your genuine self. They're not. They might be offended by a novella. Okay, I take that back. If you want to write me a novel about how great grandma cracked wheat on mortar and pestle, maybe. But you know what I'm saying? Like that, Mm -hmm. that is going to come through. That warmth and genuine self is going to come through. And that's really what you want. I really like that. Like, hey, person, like writing it that style. Because too often I get caught up, like, right, like knowing I'm writing to a group of people and trying to write Mm -hmm. to a group, but they're writing it individually. Yeah, it's like yeah. way more effective to talk to them as if you're talking to a single person rather than a group of Just people. Just like a podcast. Yes. Like yeah. an ongoing theme here. <laughs> <laughs> and the neuromarketing on that is huge, right? Like the way that the brain responds when we are being spoken to personally. Like you cracked that nut and you are a phenomenal copywriter because people look forward to having a conversation with you. I love it. I feel like we could go on and on, but like, <laughs> yeah, we're getting I close stop to the so hour we can mark. Give a chance for Tammy to talk about her stuff. Yes. <laughs> so, Tammy, please tell us if people want to learn more about newsletters or businesses, or if they love what you had to say and they want to hire you to be their coach, where can they find you? And what else do you have? Yeah. So, easiest place to start is the website, which is tanient, T-A-N-I-A-N-T dot com. I know it's complicated. It's Welsh for spark or fire. That is uh, the reason for that is because I chose a dragon for a tattoo after my cancer because Yaitsu the dragon is actually the protector against physical harm and warrior. So he's on the sword oh. hilts. Yeah. So nice. I know long stinking story for a company name that nobody can spell, but <laughs> T-A-N-I-A-N-T. I will also send some links for the content repurposing guide and that'll throw you into my email newsletter stuff. You'll get my welcome sequence. And again, you know, if you don't want it, unsub out of it. You can also find me at yourkillerlife.com. 
and that's the podcast. So you can always reach me through either place, but the business side is tangent.com. You can also send me a text or give me a phone call, 360-801-5050. I I do the phone thing. It's kind of weird, but I still do it sometimes. I even answer. Yeah, I know. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. If you want to be on the show, Brian, how, how do people go about that? Oh, this is super easy. Go to podcasteditorsmastermind.com. In the header, there's a link that says something like, be a guest. There's a little form there for you to fill out so we can capture your information. We ask that you use that because otherwise we get confused and we forget whether or not we've reached out to you and everything breaks down and you get mad at us and we cry. So just use that. (laughs) It's right there in the header. Helps us get you on the show because we'd love to talk to you either about challenges that you have or maybe if, like Tammy, you have an expertise that you'd like to offer up for podcast editors so that we can do this better. Awesome. Well, I'm Daniel. You can find me at rothmedia.audio. I'm Brian. You can find me at toptieraudio.com. I'm Jennifer. You can find me at bourbonbarrelpodcasting.com. And the Yeti tonight has been Carrie, and you can find her at yayapodcasting.com. And if you want to get some sweet podcast editor t-shirts, and I'm sure there's going to be a quote from this episode you can buy, you can find that at yayapodcasting.com slash shop. Thank you so much for listening and watching Podcast Editor's Mastermind. We'll see you next time. Uh, um, so, how much is that? Thanks, Tammy. Bye. Thanks, Bye. you guys. <laughs>